Hello and welcome to the Bike Radar podcast, brought to you from the team behind Cycling Plus, MBUK and BikeRadar.com. Hello, welcome to the Bike Radar podcast. Uh, I'm Tom Marvin, technical editor at Bike Radar, and joined uh, today by Alex Evans, who is another one of Bike Radar's technical editors. How's it going, Alex? Yeah, all good, thanks, Tom. Uh, great up here in uh, in Scotland. A little bit chilly at the moment, but generally looking pretty good. Excellent. How cold is it at the moment up there? Uh, well, I don't actually have the heating on in my house ever, <laughs> so uh, I'm going to go with like minus twenty five. Nice, nice. How's that going with all uh, all your testing at the moment? What are you testing right now? At the minute, I have got a drivetrains and group test mega test. Okay. Uh, including some big players from SRAM and Shimano and quite a few smaller ones. So keep tuned on Bike Radar and MBUK for the full reviews. That sounds like a group test I would love to do. Oh yeah, it's uh yeah, cha- changing drivetrains for the for the fifth time in a week uh to do back-to-back comparisons uh can be stressful. Yeah, there's a definitely a few swear words and a few hammers being thrown around. Well, at least there's only one type of free hub stuff. Oh, no, no, no. Multiple free hub stuff. How are you getting around that? Oh, yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's proven to be a little tricky because uh, thanks to the global pandemic, um, free hubs are currently out of stock. Mm. So uh, I've had to beg, borrow and steal three different back wheels. Um, okay. Which is uh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. How about you? What have you been up to? Uh, I'm doing our annual trail bike of the year test at the moment, which is um, fine. Yeah, it's a good excuse to get out riding quite a lot. Um, and I've also got a uh, wheels group test and brakes. So I've got two of the other big ones to do this year. So um, my garage is on its way to being very full of wheels because they take up a lot of space. Um, and I'm going to have to do a lot of brake bleeding, which I'm very excited about. Because your bike's got internal cable routing, right? No, because I'm actually going to use a bike with fully external cable routing um, for ease of swapping. But because obviously when you're going to buy a pair of brakes, you've got to live with them. You might have to do it yourself anyway. So I thought, let's be thorough about this, as we always are. Uh, and I'm going to bleed, and well, cut hoses and bleed every single brake that comes in um, just to sort of get uh, an idea of what it's like. Well, I tell you what, I don't think I want to swap my drivetrains test for a brakes test. Do you reckon? Um, I don't know. I think I'd... Drive trains drive me potty, so maybe uh, maybe we've got it right this year. Could be, yeah. We've uh, we've playing to our own strengths. <laughs> maybe. Right. Well, we'll, uh, we'll crack on. It's 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 towards the end of winter, so we're possibly doing this at slightly the wrong time of year. But we thought we'd um, we've just done a winter of testing, or in the middle of a winter of testing. Um, and I've certainly noticed that there's a few bits of kit that have really stood out this winter as basically being absolute lifesavers. So we thought uh, myself and Alex would. Give a little top five of our favourite bits of kit that have helped us through the winter. Some of them are quite winter focused. There's a couple that aren't, but um, yeah, we thought this might be useful. A bit of consumer consumer advice. Yeah, absolutely. The the things that we use, not just test. It's things that we actually choose to use. Yeah, we we ride a lot, and um, we're out in all conditions because we have to. You know, we don't cherry pick the nicest days to go testing. We have to test day in day out, which is. A very privileged position, but doesn't mean we have to ride in some pretty unpleasant conditions sometimes, and it's not all glamour. But uh, <laughs> there we go. I'm not going to complain. Not complaining. Um, but yeah, 
Should we, should we, let's crack on. Let's, we're, we're going to do um, Alex's first and then my first. And then we're going to do back to back like that instead of a list of five each because we thought we'd get more confused and it might be more entertaining. Um, but let's, uh, let's kick off with your number one, Alex. What is it? Yeah, my number one. So but bonus points if you can actually count how many we do because I don't think we're <laughs> going to be able to. Uh, number one has to be waterproof socks from the likes okay. of seal skins. Mm-hmm. Now, for someone who doesn't like using heating but suffers with the cold, sealskin socks are a really appealing bit of clothing to me. They keep mm-hmm. your feet dry and warm at the same time. And that just blows my mind instantly. Your shoes can be soaking wet. You can even feel like your feet are wet. But I can guarantee that when you take them off at the end of a ride, your feet will be dry. Guaranteed. Well, that's a big... You know, I... I... Within my peer group of of riders, sealskins don't and, and waterproof socks in general. We're not just going to pick on sealskins. Don't always have the best reputation, and I've certainly had some that go baggy at the top. But I'm going to. I do agree that they are actually pretty good. But on one sort of condition is that you get long ones. Yes. So there's definitely a proviso here. Is mm. if you're wearing waterproof socks, you have to be wearing trousers, and they have to be long, and your trousers also have to be waterproof. So as soon as that water touches your skin on your legs, it's going to run down your legs. And if you're a burly mountain biker like Tom and I like are, <laughs> then your leg hair, God forbid, if you don't shave them, is is going to just act like a wick and pull all that water into the socks. And that's going to be your first stumbling block. So make sure you've got trousers on, make sure the socks are long and make sure your trousers are waterproof. And lo and behold, your feet will be delightful. Wow. Wow, and the the, late, the latest sealskins do have like a little rubber gripper or silicon gripper along the top. Um, but as you say, hair does sort of get in the way. Um, so maybe shave your legs. Um, well, <laughs> yeah, or, or if you're not into shaving your entire legs, you could just shave a oh, like uh, a little strip a, around. A strip, yeah, a, a band, a band. I like it, I like it. All right, yeah. okay. Well, um, on a similar note, my number one well, it was actually my number two on my list, but I'll swap them around for continuity. Um, is a pair of uh, Shimano MW7, uh, I think that's what they're called, winter boots. So I have, I'm very fortunate to have two pairs of the MW7s, um, the previous generation and the current generation. One's Velcro and like a Speedlay system, one's Boa. Um, And I also have a pair of more cross-country focused winter shoes, uh, winter boots that I use on my gravel bike. Um, And again, when paired with a pair of trousers, a warm pair of socks, uh, waterproof trousers or regular ones. They have been an absolute revelation. This I don't know why last winter I didn't bother with them, but they're blooming awesome. They're warm, they're insulated, they've got Gore-Tex lining, so your feet stay dry in the splashes. I think a long sealskin sock maybe does do a slightly better job of keeping your feet dry, but to be honest, I haven't really had any issues with wet feet yet. Yeah, so what these guys do, isn't it? They've got like a cover over the lace and tongue area. Mm. And then it's it's kind of sealed up, isn't it? It's like stitched, the, the tongue's stitched in, inside, yeah. I think. So it's a fully stitched tongue. And then there's like um, a neoprene gaiter Velcroed around the ankle. Now, it'd be better if it did go a little bit higher up. Um, because if you've got waterproof short uh, trousers that don't quite go down, you can't like the tops of my ankles get a little bit splashed sometimes. Um, but feet have always stayed dry. But well, you know, like the majority of the feet stay dry and always warm, regardless of the riding. And I mean, I use um, clipless pedals anyway, so they work with those. I know that if you're a flat pedal rider, there aren't too many winter shoe options out there. 
No, there's there's actually a, a, a distinct lack of winter shoe options. I wonder um, why that is. Yeah, I don't know. I, I know Shimano have a pair of, of slightly tougher um, uh, flat pedal shoes in their mm-hmm. range. I can't quite remember what the, the model designation is. Um, but yeah, f- flat pedal riders, I, I'm, I'm, I'm praying for you guys, mm. you know, me included. Did, didn't Adidas have some sort of winter flat, obviously in collab with 510? I think I saw some at Eurobike a couple of years ago, but I don't know if it ever really, I think it appeared and then disappeared or... Yeah, yeah, there, there was the, um, it was, I think it was a Gore-Tex membrane Adidas yeah. Terex shoe. Yeah, um, like a mid-top. Yeah, but uh, no, I don't think that that's been released yet to to the public. I believe we're oh, okay. still testing it, possibly. Right, um, and we could have we could have just broken an embargo there. And we sorry, Adidas, <laughs> pr- pr- pray for us as well. Not just flat pedal riders, everyone. And I think it didn't free um, five ten did have like an insulated shoe that wasn't waterproof as well. I think. Yeah, yeah, that was again. Clever. As someone who just doesn't ride flat pedals, I'm I'm kind of out of the loop with that. But um, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. It, it was a j- just a big sponge, a, right. a really big sponge. Yeah, you, you might as well have just just gone to the coral reef and strapped some sponges to your feet and gone for a ride <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. okay so obviously number one in both of our lists then is keeping our feet warm and dry um either long socks which is a slightly cheaper option or some winter boots um which i, I do think are worth investing in especially if you're going to ride a lot through the winter um and you won't believe my number five because it actually links into this very well but i'll save that one for the end <laughs> you um, will not believe what Tom you will said not for believe. Number five. that's like the hook to keep all your listeners staying <laughs> till the end <laughs> sorry guys apologies <laughs> <laughs> you'll just have to wait or just skip to like 23 minutes or something um right number two alex what's on your list Number two, it's quite a, a niche bit of kit, but it's uh, I've developed a real, real love for it, and um, it, it stems from uh, the mountain biker's rite of passage of getting naked in a car park and, mm. and changing. You know, basically at the, at the start of a ride or the end of a ride, um, if you don't want to sit in your car in your riding kit or in your muddy kit once you're done, uh, you're going to get changed, right? And there's not always a changing room or a toilet mm-hmm. to do that, so you know you're going to get naked. Um, I'll cut to the chase. It's the mud hugger kit bag. Now, it looks kind of like an Ikea bag. It's nicer. It, definitely a little bit nicer than an Ikea bag. It's got a separate compartment. Um, it's got a separate smaller bag inside it. And it's also got a delightfully cushioned little standing mat. Ooh. So what you do is you've got your main bag, you throw your kit in that, you've got your little bag for your dirty kit, and then you've got your little standing pad and your little partition. And then mm-hmm. your end of your ride, you get changed, you get naked in the car park, you throw your dirty kit in the little bag, the outside of the little bag is clean. The little bag can then go inside the big bag. You're standing on the standing pad. So naked. your feet naked, obviously. So your feet, they're dry. Yeah. They're maybe not warm because you're outside and you're naked, but at least they're dry. And if the if the car park's stony, they're cushioned yes. as well. Um and I I literally use this anytime I don't ride from the door. So anytime I take the car anywhere to go riding. It'll have my snacks, my helmet, my dirty kit, my bum bag, my clean kit, my phone. Um, all in there. All in there. I absolutely love it. I love it. Um, it doesn't solve the problem of having your willy out in public. Um, I have a little surfers are also another community of sports people who um, often get naked in car parks. Um, and there's a lo- and there are mountain bike versions as well, like dry robe and stuff. But um, I got a, I think it's about 20 quid, a Northcore changing robe. Um, it's just basically a bit of toweling, like in a in a monk's robe. Chuck that over my um, over myself, 
Um, and then I can take off my bibs and my trousers and, and get my little pecker out. And uh, it's all good, really. Um, and also, because it's toweling, if you're a bit damp, you can dry yourself off. If you're a bit cold, it's really good over the top of clothes, actually, because it just keeps you, well, quite warm. And then say 20 quid, pretty good. Um, I know colleagues in the past, uh, Ruben, long live Ruben, um, mm. from the video team, he was a big fan of the dry robe. Um, they're quite expensive, but they are pretty cool. Um, but yeah, yeah I so- reckon... A combo of those to keep your modesty, young Alex. Yeah, sorry. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I like it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so the, the, those two products for the the closet car park changer. Mm, um, very good. Yeah, I think they they'd be the. What about you, Tom? What's your your number two, which was actually your number one? Well, yeah, yeah. My my number one, but actually now my number two um, is I rekindled my love for this this winter. Um, so a few years ago, I had a base layer from Gore. Um, which had a windstopper panel in the front and in the front of the arms. Um, it was like a long sleeve one. And I rode it a few times and was like, oh, this is this is quite good, you know. And then I ended up uh, misplacing it. I, I couldn't find it for a long time. And I remembered about it um, early this winter. I was out riding um, in a base there in a jersey. It was a bit chilly. And you I was didn't find cold. it hanging on a tree or something, did you? I didn't, I didn't. But what happened was... Well, what happened was I was like, I remember that bass there was blooming amazing. Went on Gore's website, they do a short sleeve version. I sent them a message. I got hold of one of those for test. It's going into uh, MBUK 393, I think, um, for review. It's going to get a bloody good review as well. Um, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Um, four or five stars. Um, it's just it's just great. It basically means you can wear like um, a regular riding jersey, um, but you've got a bit of wind stop. It just keeps the wind from taking away your heat and it makes a massive difference to your temperature. And obviously like midwinter when it's real cold, it's probably not quite so applicable, but for like spring and autumn where it's a bit chilly, you don't want to wear like a thick outer mid layer because it's too hot, but you do want to ride, you know, you want to ride in the jersey, but you need a base layer. It's just, I, I just think it's great. Um, so I love that. Anyway, I got a message from back again to like old school employees, Joe Norledge, who was a video manager. Um, he sent me a message a couple of weeks ago saying, oh, hey, Tom, I've just found this bag of stuff. It's like a it's a riding pack. There's like a, some goggles in there. Um, and he sent me a picture of it all. And I spotted this little black base layer in there. And I was like, hang on a minute. Joe Knowledge was someone who got cold very easily. And I remember the trip on which I left that bag for him to carry some of his camera kit in was a bit chilly. And I may well have lent him this incredible base layer with a bit of windstopper on to stop him getting so chilly. Anyway... Usually I'd have been like, oh, mate, don't worry about it. You know, I've got quite a few bags and I don't need any goggles. But I was like, oh, God, yeah, yeah, I'll come pick this up. I picked it up straight away just in case he realised the the jewel that was inside this bag, <laughs> which was this gore base layer with windstopper on the front and the arms. Um, they are a little bit more expensive than a normal base layer. I guess it's about 50-ish quid, I think they are. But honestly, it's probably my most used base layer this winter. And you got it back? And I got that one back. So I now have two. I've got a long sleeve two. and a short sleeve. And I am a very happy boy. So what uh, what do you wear over it? Like a, a gilet or depends what you do what, what you're doing. I mean, it's quite a it's obviously sort of a, a skin fitting base layer because it's you know it's a technical product. Um, so you could wear it under like a skinnier long sleeve road jersey um, or just like a regular mountain bike baggy jersey. You know, it just keeps you know sits underneath. You can't really notice it. Um, other people won't see it. So if you want to look cool wearing a regular jersey, then great. Um, I haven't really worn it on proper winter rides just because at that point, you know, if I'm wearing a waterproof jacket or if I'm wearing a big soft shell or if I'm out on the road and using like a Castelli Gabba or something like that, there's just no need because they're already windproof. 
But it's just sort of for those days where you don't want to wear like full winter kit, but you do want to maintain a bit of warmth and, and get that wind from not taking away all your body heat. Well, that sounds like an absolutely cracking product. Honestly, it's great. Yeah. I, I, like genuinely, like I, when I emailed Gore, I said, you know, I'd love to get one if review X, Y, Z. And I said, look, otherwise I'm very happy just to buy one. Like mm-hmm. I genuinely would happily buy them um, at 50 quid or whatever it is. Uh, it's great. It really is. Uh, I'll just describe Tom's face here now to you, lovely, lovely listeners. He is probably the happiest I've ever seen him when he's been <laughs> describing this base layer. It's um, so good. So uh, I, th- I think, you know, that, that's a, a five out of five out of 15 stars or or 15 out of five stars or whatever it is. <laughs> you know, it might even get that. It might be a five star review, which I don't dole out very often. So, <laughs> you know, keep an eye on MBK 393 or probably on sale in March or something. March? Yeah, March. <laughs> <laughs> right, go on. Let's do number three. Number three, okay, we'll we'll rattle through this one. Um, I'll start with a question. Have you ever ridden your bike in the wet? Um, On a weekly basis. Right. Have you ever ridden your bike in the wet without a front mudguard? Far too often, yeah. Oh my God, how horrible is it? You get covered in spray. You get Mm -hmm. mud in your eyes if you're not wearing glasses. If you are wearing your glasses, they get covered in mud. Your helmet gets covered in mud. Everything basically just gets covered. Covered in mud. What a nightmare. So a front mudguard is my number three. Like okay. It, it, I, I cannot go riding on a bike without one anymore. It's just we, not, not, not tenable. Not are there possible. any in particular that you, that you like or like what kind of shape? Do you use those little flappy ones that just sort of cover a little bit of the rear or do you use a full length one or what you're using no so yeah i mean th- this is probably the most crucial thing y- you-, you can get lots of types of mud guards some are better than others mm-hmm. um I-, I hate to drop the same brand again as the bag but the mud hugger mud guards the-, yeah. the long ones the long ones make sure it's the long ones they are really good at keeping yeah. that spray away from you um i know rapid racer products also also do a, a-, a big one um yeah that's, that's what I've awesome. got on my long-term bike for MBK and bike radar this year. Yeah, and I, I think that that's also a very good one. But it, it's it's crucial that if you kind of look at your front wheel and you imagine when your front wheel's spinning, mm. where's that mud and dirt and water going to be flicking off? Well, it's going to off be the flick, back. Exactly, off the back. And what it does is it flicks off the furthest away point, like the, the widest point of the tyre. So if you look down when you're on your bike and your mudguard is covering that bit of the tyre, mm-hmm. you know you're going to be protected. Nice. And then you're going to be happier. You're going to be a I happier agree. person. You know? I agree. Um, I've got um. So I've got a an RRP one um, permanently attached by the medium of uh, zip ties to my uh, Marin Elroy, which is my MBK long term bike. Um, but because obviously you know, as test bikes we're all swapping. We ride in muddy conditions. I do have a mud hugger, one of the longer ones, not the longest actually. I could do with the longer one actually. Um, but I recently went on. So I've seen uh, Rob often has the same thing. You know, he's got one mud guard that he swaps between all his test bikes, um, and he's got the little Velcro um, things because obviously zip ties is a, a bit of a pain if you're changing them, and also incredibly wasteful if you are moving it from bike to bike. Yeah. Um, so I went on. Amazon, um, other huge international um, 
shops are available to buy all this stuff from um but um, it's just convenient i'm so sorry everyone um and i got some one centimeter wide one meter long like roll of kind of effectively double-sided velcro you yep. basically the stuff that you know the the velcro attachments do use um and it was about a pound 63 i think um bargain, bargain. <laughs> prime it was delivered for free as well great so, sorry um, planet <laughs> sorry everyone yeah. um and yeah, so I, you know, because I didn't have like uh, any other of the, you know, just the zip tie ones. Um, but the nice thing about the mud huggers is that they do come with the slits for Velcro attachment, not just holes for um, uh, zip ties. Uh, the other ones I've, th- you get now are these ones where you bottom into the back of the fork um, crown. Yeah, so uh, I, th- I think mud hugger have, have literally just they've launched. just released one. Yeah, RRP did it God. about a year ago. Though they're the OGs are doing yeah. that. Yeah. Um, and obviously, a lot of the fork brands have their own little micro ones, but the, to be honest, they all tend to be a little bit rubbish, I think, yeah, not, um, because not you don't enough. get that yeah. full length. Yeah. Um, um, hey, hey, what was um, the the Defend uh, for the Fox? Oh, yes, yes, of course. Now, uh, they were, theirs had like a little clamp that went over the top of that. Now, that is probably yeah. the, the original long... Um, yeah. The power defender. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. Um, that was yeah. That was the original long mud guard, really. I mean, obviously, like if you go back in time, then you get like the crud race. You know, the crud guards, which sort of had the ones that dropped down from the handlebars. They look a bit kooky, a little kind of yeah. more like MX sort of style. And, and the ones um, that were bolted in the uh, bottom of the steer tubes with a, yes. a little lug, the THG ones, the THG, yes. and, and you look yes. like a proper motocrosser. They were they were rad. There we go. And, you know, obviously like SKS have had like was it shock boards? Yep. There's all sorts of these things, but I think. I think everyone's now decided that the under um, arch um, crown, arch, no, arch, 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 yeah. arch brace, under brace, um, long ones are sort of the way to go. So um, there's plenty out there. We tend to use the mud hugger and the RRP ones, but yeah, hope, fully agree, fully agree. A great addition for the winter. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and ju- just one quick note: um, mud hugger do actually make a rear mud guard as well. They do. Um, and I, I've just called one in for test. I'm waiting for it to arrive. For a mountain bike, right? For a mountain bike, yeah. Um, so I've got their, they do gravel mudguards now, um, and they do a front and a rear. Um, the front, I, so I run a Lauf, um, which is a gravel bike with a uh, leaf sprung um, little suspension fork at the front, but that means the legs of the fork are projected further forward than a traditional fork. So it actually doesn't particularly work well with that. Um, but the rear one, it looks challenging um but again like if we're talking about winter riding that thing has absolutely saved me this winter like you know i can go out for long days on the gravel bike it sticks out the back and it hugs you know (laughs) mud hugger it literally hugs around the wheel rim and i swear by that thing yeah again it, it it doesn't look great it doesn't make your bike look any better um but by heck it works it's i really yeah i'm really down with that yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I will just say, I can't remember the last time I, I was looking at my bike whilst I was riding it. So, um, you know, sorry to all your friends. Don't care what it looks like. You know. <laughs> Fair enough, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Rear McGuard do have a place, a time and a place, just not on my mountain bikes. <laughs> my number three is um, a bit more of a year-round one, fortunately. So we're moving away from winter for, a, well for the third of my five. Um, it's a one-up EDC pump with tool in there. Um, oh. And I'm going to add in a long Lazine um, tire lever in there as well. So this is what's on the side of my bike permanently attached. 
The pump is 100 cc's in, in volume, they do a smaller one as well, but that just means it gets tires up to pressure very quick. Um, and held inside the pump's handle is a little shuttle um, with a multi-tool, um, there is some link pliers in there, which is really handy if you do snap a chain. You can put some spare chain links in there as well. Um, and also it's got the tubeless plug repair kit in the bottom of this shuttle. And it's basically an all-in-one um, kit uh, to make sure that your bike uh, stays on the trail. And then I carry a tire lever because although I do have thumbs and I can fit tires with my thumbs alone, I don't see the point in struggling when I could just get a tool. I just don't understand, like <laughs> smokers, right? They're not using like a stone and some kindling and and like a stick rubbed between their fingers to light their cigarette, right? They get a lighter because it's quicker and more convenient, right? Yeah. I, Much yeah, yeah. like if I've got to change a tire, take a tire up. I've obviously got a beer in my bonnet about this, haven't I? Maybe yeah, I've got a little yeah. chip on my shoulder. Tire levers, just get on with it. Anyway, the Lazine one is super long. It's about twice as long as a normal tire lever or 50% longer. Um, it's got a good hook on it. It's bright yellow, so it stands out. You don't lose it. Can't lose and I think it. It's great. Yeah, because obviously, obviously, when you get a puncture, you're going to be covered in mud. It's going to yeah. be raining. It's going to be yeah. cold. You're going to put your shit all over. Sorry, apologies. You're going to put your stuff all over the floor. You might lose things if it's brightly coloured. You can't. Less likely. Less likely. I always like the Pedros ones as well. I had a bright pink pair of them. Um, but um, Lost yeah, them. the design one, it's great. I did lose it. Yeah. <laughs> 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 not, not in the undergrowth, <laughs> but yeah, this lasagna one's great. Um, little anecdote um, about my one-up pump before we move on. Um, I uh, so it, ha it has like a little frame bracket, right? And it, it clicks in, and then there's like a little rubber doodah to secure it into the bracket. Um, so if you go on the Bike Rider YouTube channel, you'll you'll see a video that I did when I went to Lesotho and did my one and only ever enduro race, um, and it included a lot of hiker bike um, because. It just did. Um, and I inadvertently snapped the little rubber retaining strap on the EDC pump bracket. Um, and it was, this stage took me 18 minutes to get down. It was oh stage two of one of these days. Um, and I got to the bottom and realized that my pump was no longer with me. Um, and I sort of turned around and looked towards the top of the mountain, which we had literally just ridden down. And I was like, I ain't getting all of that it's again. Gone. It was a real shame. And it was day one of a three-day enduro in the middle of, like, literally in the middle of nowhere. Um, uh, and I was pretty good. Anyway, I mentioned this to the trail sweepers who radioed up to the top and said, you know, if anyone spots this pump, then great. Uh, riding along the rest of the stage, there's another really long stage. I was doing really well. It was the best I was doing on any of these stages. Um, and at that point, my uh, SRAM GX Eagle mech, you'd be surprised to hear, exploded on me. Um, the jockey wheels disintegrated. I, I finished the stage very upset and obviously didn't have my tool. It was a big pain in the bum. Anyway, um, that dinner, I don't know why I'm telling you this story. It's, it's really pretty crap. <laughs> the race organizers held up the pump and said, we've got this pump. And It some, was yours. It was mine. But some, I'm sorry, some drunk South African woman claimed it as hers. Oh dear. I couldn't believe it. I was like, well, either two of us have lost this exact same tool that looks exactly the same, has got exactly the same marks on it, or someone's just had a few too many drinks and, and decided that they want quite a nice, you know, yeah. tool. So I, I did saunter open. I said, I'm really sorry, but I think that might be mine. Anyway, I got it back. In the most and British then, way possible. In the best British way possible. And then it went in my bag instead of on the frame. But I, I have modified now the clip 
um, with like another bit more Velcro, double-sided Velcro strap, so it doesn't fall out. That was a terrible story. I'm so no, sorry, that was everyone. A, that was a great story, but I'm noticing a common theme here of, of you losing things and then getting reunited. <laughs> so, oh uh, my God, it's true. Uh, if uh, only I could find my pink Pedro's tight levers. Well, I, I was going to say, in a Bike Radar podcast in 2022, uh, I think you probably will get them back. Uh, we'll we'll find it. out. <laughs> there we go. Right, let's rattle through four and five because then I'm sure everyone's getting bored by now. Yeah, Where are you um, at, Alex? Maybe. Uh, n- number, number four. Uh, oh, we're going back to shoes here. Wow. Um, no surprises. So obviously shoes, an incredibly important contact point with the bike. Mm. As a flat pedal only rider. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm tapping my chest, but I'm not because it will damage the microphone. Uh, 510 shoes. Now, I know we said they were sponges earlier, but the grip offered by that stealth sole is Mm. unparalleled. Um, And I I genuinely, I've tried riding with other shoes. um, It just doesn't happen. It doesn't happen for me. It's distracting. Mm -hmm. It's it's not as as much fun. And, you know, we're all here to ride our bikes to have fun. And uh, without a pair of 510 shoes with that sticky stealth rubber sole, I'm a lost man. Your last one. What? Um, what? Which models? Do you have multiple pairs, or what? What are you riding in? Yeah, I, I, I do have quite a few pairs of of uh, five ten shoes at the moment. They all are the Impact Pro model, okay. Um, which are the kind of like the classic downhill ones. Oh, they're the big clumpy like. Um... They're, they're not the elephant stompers. They're not right, the elephant okay. stompers, as as I call them. Uh, no, they're, they're kind of like the more felt, more modern version. Right, um, but I, I do also have um, a pair of the uh, the new um, five ten Adidas collab um, Trail Cross XTs. Wow, that was that was tricky to remember. Which wow, is slightly yeah. they're like slightly lighter. They're um, more mesh. They're more for the summer, um, yeah. I'd say. And they you know they're kind of five ten. Say they're they're for kind of hiker bikes and adventures and when you're going to be do walking. But you still get all of that lovely stealth sole traction. Nice. I just couldn't do nice. that one. You know, I just, I just couldn't. Um, so yeah. please, please, five ten. As we were saying earlier, bring out your uh, Gore Tex winter, yeah. winter shoe, and I will be forever yours. Well, my um, my girlfriend who um is sort of getting into riding, she needed some shoes, um, and I basically told her it's got to be five tens, really, hasn't it? Yeah. So yeah. She, I think she's got some free rider pros. Um, oh yeah, yeah. She's found no, they're very of. yeah, yeah. They're they're spot on. I'll let her know that she uh, she picked well. Um, right, my number four. As you might have noticed, it's winter. And as we might have mentioned more than once, we ride in the mud quite a lot. I don't know if um, you said that, yeah. I yeah. And as you might know, when you ride in the mud, your, but your bike gets covered in mud, your kit gets covered in mud. And when you want to put it in the back of your van or the back of your car or back in your garage, obviously nobody likes mud anywhere. Now, there are a lot of portable cleaning options out there. Um, I know Jack Luke currently has the Bosch Fontas. Um, which is a battery-operated 20-odd litre capacity pressure washer. Um, I've had one in the past and I, I broke it, whoops. Um, but he has been had a little bit more success than I have. Um, there's also various things like Moby washers and XYZ. But the one that I particularly like isn't a bike-specific one. Um, it's the Works HydroShot. Um, so Works are a uh, one of these companies that have loads of different power tools and they share the same battery across all of them. Um, but they do this, um, like, basically portable pressure washer lance thing, and it comes with a hose. Uh, now, this hose can be plugged into an outside tap. It can be um, put into, like, a water container, um, or it's even got a filter on the end of it, so you can pop it in the river 
um, and it'll just suck the water up, spray it out at a pressure that doesn't seem to be too high pressure, so it doesn't damage anything from what I can tell. And obviously, be careful around your bearings. Um, and suspension fork seals. And uh, suspension shock, fork seals yeah. and shocks. Um, but it does a really quick and efficient job of just getting all the mud off, um, especially if you wash a bike when it's still wet. Um, so that lives in the back of my van with a hose, and I bought a 25-litre uh, water container from a rather large on <laughs> online retailer. I wonder um, who that could be. I, I, well, I went to my local um, outdoor, uh, my local like hardware store, B&Q, and they didn't have anything like that anyway. So I, I tried to buy local with a large multinational company <laughs> and couldn't find it. So I just went online and it got delivered to my house like 12, literally 12 hours later because it's 2021 and £1.67. It, <laughs> it cost yeah, surprisingly much actually. It was like 15, 20 quid. Anyway, it's very bloody handy. Um, and yeah, and this pump's great. Uh, this this work, works tool is actually really good. It's, it's the best um, portable pressure washer I've come across. Um, it's about 100 quid. There's various attachments, but I just use the Lance. Um, and yeah, if, if you do transport your bike um, in a car, or if you don't have like an outdoor hose or anything like that, I would genuinely really recommend it. Um, it's really handy. Yeah, it sounds, it sounds really good. Um, it sounds like one minute you could be, uh, you could be screwing things into walls with your, your battery-powered drill and then, oh, I just need to wash my bike really quickly. Yeah, oh, yeah. Take, take the battery out of the drill, out of your cordless, and, and stick it in the jet wash. Oh my exactly God. that. And then put it in your router, then put it in your circular saw, and then put it in whatever else works provide. Um, they do have quite, it's all like through Argos, Amazon, um, and oh, no. various other places. You can go Google it. Um, in fact, actually, no, do you know what we'll do, Al? Um, so usually when we do a podcast like this, we put um, a little article on, on the website um, to sort of... Uh, plug the pod, plug, a pod plug, I think we call okay, it. Yeah, yeah, um, cool. yeah, I'll be doing one of these on the day that this is released. I will commit now to putting links to every single product that we have recommended in that article. How's that for service? Uh, it sounds amazing, but I will believe it when I see it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I will try and I will try and do this. So yeah, if there is anything that you've you've heard that you you might be interested in, do head to bikeradar.com. There will be um, a pod plug. Um, you can head to the podcast um, tab at the top of the page, or look on the homepage if you're reading this on Monday. Um, and yeah, there'll be links to everything in there. Um, so yeah, check that out. Number five, Al. What is, five. What is your fifth one? Okay, number five. So I, I'm, I, I'm all right. Currently, I'm sitting in the wardrobe recording mm. this podcast to try and reduce the amount of echoey sound, and I'm actually looking at uh, a specimen of of my number five, oh. which is an insulated jacket. Quite specifically, <laughs> the Patagonia Micro or Nano Puff hooded jackets. Um, now these things, okay, they cost a lot of money. That they're, they're mm. sort of north of 150 quid. Okay. Um, but, and here's the big but, my gosh, they are lovely and warm yeah. and packable and well cut and they dry quickly and they look good even if you're going to some sort of posh restaurant maybe. Wow. Um, I mean, we're they're... all doing that at the moment, Al. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's something to look forward to, okay? Something to get you salivating. Cannot wait. Cannot wait. Um, so, yeah, the, 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 and the Patagonia, you know, an amazing company. They're doing great things for the planet. They're doing great things for people's wages, mm -hmm. for workers' rights, um, everything that, that maybe certain other companies aren't doing. 
Um, and it, you know they're, they're worth the cost. I've I've reviewed one. You, you can see it on um, on BiteRadar.com. There's a, a review of a, a micro puff, I think, or it might have been the nano puff. I can't remember. Um, and these jackets are just amazing. They're so warm, and I, I can't do without them. Honestly, nice. Um, finish your ride, put it on. During your ride, put it on. Whenever you want, just put it on. Put if it you're on. cold, put the jacket on. Um, yeah. and, you know that they weigh like 200 grams or something like that. You know, maybe a little less. So you know, you, you can stick it in your backpack. They fold into their own pocket. Um, so, oh, you know, I, I cannot extol their their multiple heat mm. virtues um, enough. No, I mean, I, I don't have a Patagucci version of those, but I do have like a little Micropuff uh, jacket. And on a cold winter's ride, if I'm going for a long one on the gravel bike. Um, I do sometimes, uh, it's more of a gilet actually, I've got, I do stuff it into one of my bigger bum bags. Um, because again, yeah, if you stop mid-ride, it's really handy to keep your warmth in. Um, so yeah, and, and Patagonia, as you say, uh, one of, uh, you know, like a lot of people do get sort of uh, put the greenwash tab on a lot of these things, but genuinely, I'm, uh, Patagonia generally do a good job when it comes to environmental and social and, and sustainability stuff. Uh, it's, they've got an interesting story. I think you could look into it. Um, quite an interesting people who set it up and, and their operations good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's t- top marks there, even, yeah, j- just from, from that perspective. Okay, mm. so number five, Tom. God, I'm, I'm, we're going back over old ground here. It's winter. It's wet. It's muddy. I clean my shoes. Shoes, footwear, they get muddy. What do you do with wet shoes? You as a 5'10 owner should know this. They stay wet for a long time, the shoes. Oh, my God, they do. And the radiator just doesn't cut it. The radiator does not cut it. What do you need? Instead of just heat gently rising through your shoes, what you need is heat being blown through your shoes. Um, Again, I don't know why it took me... How many years? 20 years of riding to get one of these for myself. Um, But I have got a generic brand shoe dryer. Um, and I got it from Amazon. You can buy it from many other places. Argos, um, Target, if you're in America, probably. I don't know. Um, Robert Dias, if you're in Bristol's Eastgate Shopping Centre. You know, like, there are plenty of places that sell shoe dryers. Um, but the important thing, in my opinion, is to get one that does blow warm air through the shoes. Because um, it re- genuinely, you can, I can have a pair of shoes that are really wet, and they'll dry it out in probably two hours of blowing um, which is handy if you're doing back-to-back um, sort of testing. Um, also, I use it pre-ride on a cold day to warm my shoes before I go, and you can stick some gloves over there. I've even dried out helmets on it, which maybe isn't recommended because of EPS foam and all that sort of stuff. But anyway, a shoe dryer has changed my life this winter. I mean, yeah, like like you kind of said, shoe dryers are nothing new, right? The, the ski industry and snowboard mm. industry use them every night to dry out customers' rental ski boots and to... Yeah. Um, pump kind of uh, antibacterial stuff into them as well to to make them slightly slightly less uh, unhygienic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I completely agree. Sh- shoe dryers. Wow. Uh, uh, unlike you, Tom, uh, I, I've also been riding for ju- just over 20, 20 odd years. Um, I haven't discovered them yet. Oh, so I'll put a link in the in the associated article to this uh, to this podcast, Alex, and you can find one through oh, um, a, a lovely affiliate link. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, hey, so it, you know, you can kind of <clears throat> you can kind of imagine it, can't you? Wet ride, wet shoes, get home. Mm-hmm. Normally, people what maybe pull the insoles out, stuff them with newspaper, put them on or near the radiator, yeah. maybe get your walls dirty. Um, it just doesn't make sense, does it? Doesn't make sense. No, no genuinely, it's um, it's been a really. I, paid i don't want to pay 28 quid i think it was um and it's 
paid for itself already. Now, I don't know, like I'm not, you know, I'm not a shoe manufacturer. Um, <clears throat> there might be some issues with blowing warm air through a synthetic or a leather shoe. I don't know. Um, I've not noticed any particular downsides. Sometimes they come off, they're a little bit stiffer than they might have been otherwise, but totally not caused any issues for me. But little, um, what do they call it? A little uh, a little warning there. Use yeah. at your own risk. Yeah, just, um, just be cautious. Be cautious with your delightful cautious, pumps. Yeah, and obviously only use them if you're in the house. Use them in a safe area. Um, don't, you know, X, Y, Z, because, you know, yeah. all that sort of jazz. I'm just covering yeah. myself. I don't want to be responsible for you burning your house down. Be sensible. Be sensible. I sensible. always turn mine off at the uh, the socket as well because you know cheap Who electronics knows? in it. Yeah, Who knows? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That was that was really insightful. Um, there we go. Yeah. Well, hopefully it was useful. Yeah, I think so. I, I've well, I've learned something. Mm. Um, shoe warmers. Shoe warmers. So, tie levers. They're tie great. Levers. Don't lose them. Oh, uh, j- just on the tie levers. Actually, I forgot to say, uh, MBUK do offer um, free tire lifts as, as free tire levers as one of their cover gifts. Um, oh, right. I'm not entirely sure which issue it is, but I, I know that an issue of MBUK normally has has tie levers. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, keep keep your eyes peeled for those. I, I've got some; they are very good. Yeah, it, the last cover gift that um, I got on an MBUK was a mint sauce buff. It might oh, not yeah. have been an actual buff buff, you know, like the branded ones, but it was a yeah. a synthetic tube of material um, with uh, mint sauce on. And yeah, again, another really handy thing to put in your little riding pack in winter. Um, or put around your neck, keep yourself warm. It's important. That sounds like a bonus number six there. You've just you've just given I for just free. Sneaked one in there, didn't I? Yeah, you did. Well, if you're going to sneak one in there, I'm I'm going to sneak a completely irrelevant one in there, and it's uh, oh. it's larch trees. Sorry, guys. Sorry, what? Um, larch, larch trees, the uh, okay. the species of, uh, of of I guess pine tree. I guess you'd call them. Yeah. Um, uh, larch trees actually lose their needles uh, in in autumn. Mm-hmm. Um, and they go a delightful, like, orangey-red colour, and they all fall to the floor. And over the course of the winter, these larch needles kind of decompose and mulch up, and they create some of the most fantastic trail surface, mm. hero dirt grip, pine needles, sorry, larch needles throwing everywhere off your tyres. Um, so I personally couldn't live without larch trees. Oh. There nice. you go. There's a, another little surprise number six for, for everyone. Number six. Well, there we go. So I guess that was 12 items yeah. that uh, have kept us riding through the winter um, and maybe into spring as well. Um, but yeah, thanks very much, Alex. That was, uh, yeah, say insightful. Thank you, Tom. Thank you very much. And yeah, do check out bikecredo.com um, because I will put an article up with links to everything bar the larch trees. Um, and yeah, so keep an eye out for that. And uh, don't forget to subscribe if you haven't done already. Share the podcast with your riding buddies um, to make sure that they get to hear this incredible list of 12 things to keep you going through the winter. Um, And, uh, yeah, we'll be back next Monday with another podcast. As yet, undecided what that one is. Um, It'll be recorded by one of my probably more road-orientated colleagues. So, yes, there you go. Thank you very much. Cheers, guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Bike Radar podcast. If you want any more information on what we've been talking about or more news and views on cycling, check out bikeradar.com. Bye.